Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation, and our world. Well, thanks very much, folks. Uh, real privilege to be here and uh, always fabulous to connect with the GMS guys. Uh, in fact, I was here just a couple of weeks ago with the team upstairs and um, they did something which doesn't normally happen when I go to places to speak. Uh, before we even got started, Sav Cameron said to me, oh, now we hear you've got a party trick um, and that is you stand on your hands. Can you do that before you talk? And I thought, oh my goodness, I haven't done this for over 12 months, you know? So I, I skirted around the, the back of the chairs and, and, and did, I'm not gonna do it by the way now, okay? But I did it, all right? If you, if you don't believe me, just check with Sav. She took pictures and then I said, oh, you, you better send that to Wendy um, just so that she knows what I've been up to. Because uh, Wendy gets really nervous every time I do this. You know, she says to me, Pete, you, you're not 16 anymore. And, um, but it, it's sort of one of those things, you know, I'm gonna see how, how far I can press this thing, keep doing it. But, um, but look, if you are interested in the GMS program or interested in the, the studies through Malian Theological College, uh, we'd love you to come and join us actually. On Tuesday night, the 12th of October, we have an open night and you can come along and you can find out more about uh, what studies could look like and uh, you can slip into one of the lectures. You can come and join my missions lecture if you like on that Tuesday night. And um, we, we, have, we have such a broad range of people. We've got people from 17 through to about 70 who study with us and some of them just doing short courses, some of them doing uh, higher degree courses. But look, we'd love you to come along because we, we work together in partnership with what's going on there in the GMS uh, program. So that would be great. All right, end of commercials. All right, better get stuck into the message, hey? You know, in the year 2000, a, a movie came out that kind of cured me forever from ever having any ambition to do deep sea fishing. And that movie, some of you will remember it, was called The Perfect Storm. Uh, it was, came off the back of a true story. In 1991, there was a, uh, a commercial fishing vessel that went missing in the midst of a storm off the east coast of the US uh, called the Andrea Gale. And every time I see that film, uh, I find I, I'm starting to get sweaty, I'm getting sweaty palms again already now. I, I start getting sweaty palms when I, re, when I look at the face of George Clooney as he's staring down that massive tidal wave that's coming towards him. And, and I, I find my heart races, you know, going more and more and more, more and more. And, and something happens to me, you know. Do you ever find that sometimes movies have a way of bringing back memories? Memories of other things. And sometimes when I've watched that movie again over the years, I'm suddenly flashed back to some of my early years of pastoral ministry down at Cleveland. Each year when we were at Cleveland, uh, the men used to go out on a fishing trip and we'd go away for the weekend. And this particular one, we'd gone up to Noosa. We are camped beside the Noosa River and uh, we were going to go out across the Noosa Bar, out into the deep, and I heard all these incredible stories about fish, you know, that were that big, that's just between their eyes, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I was just so looking forward to this. And the day we were gonna head out, uh, we had a number of boats, and I got in this, this old timber boat that this guy had built, and we all started heading off down the Noosa River. But as we approached the bar, I'm looking at the swell, and I'm thinking, 
man, that looks pretty big. And I mean, the waves, they were just like, kind of like huge, you know? And so we're approaching all of this and I'm finding that my pulse rate is, is sort of going up like through the roof. And, and I'm getting more and more terrified. And we, we kind of worked our way into the waves and up over the first one and up over the next one. And, and it, was, I mean, it was kind of fun, but terrifying. And then all of a sudden, the unthinkable happened. This guy's old boat, the engine, conked out. Boom. With which the boat just drifted sideways. And I'm looking up, and there's like a 50-foot, okay, slight exaggeration, but there's this huge wave coming towards us, and I'm thinking, we're done. We're done. It's all over. This was not meant to be the way it ends for me, you know? And, And so he's madly trying to kick this, start this thing, get it going again. And just in the nick of time, the engine started and he turned the boat around just as we got pounded by the next wave. We nose dived into the wave. The wave crashed over the boat. The glass windshield shattered into a million pieces and we were all impaled with shards of glass all over. And I looked down and I mean, there was just blood everywhere. And my first inclination was, ah! And then I thought, no, we're still alive. What a great story. Um, but uh, anyway, as it turned out, we got back safely, all right? You, all right? That probably makes sense, otherwise I wouldn't have been here. But, um, but you know, it was one of those moments where I found myself just totally overwhelmed with a sense of fear and anxiety. I mean, these waves, they just kept coming and coming and coming. But you know, sometimes for us, it's not physical waves that are overwhelming us, hey? Sometimes we are overwhelmed by waves of anxiety that come from all kinds of sources that are almost more than we can cope with anymore. You know, I suspect that Jesus' disciples understood those feelings only too well. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 14, we read a really interesting story about an occasion where Jesus' disciples were out on the Lake of Galilee in the midst of a huge storm, and they were almost overcome and overwhelmed. Let me read to you something of the background of the story. The story starts earlier in Matthew 14, where Jesus had fed the 5,000. Remember that story? Jesus had been out with his disciples throughout that day and crowds of people had come to hear him speak. And toward the end of the day, the disciples had come to Jesus and they said, look, it's getting late. You need to send everyone away. Let them go and find some place to go and something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you give them something to eat. And remember the disciples looked at Jesus and they said, but, but hang on, there's thousands of people here and all we've got is is five, five loaves and a couple of small fish. I mean, how can, we, how can we do this? And then they watched as Jesus so wonderfully and miraculously began to break those loaves and fishes and fed all of those thousands of people. It was an extraordinary moment. But at the end of all of that, we read then in verse 22, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone, but the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against them. 
You see, here were these disciples that had a huge day. They're no doubt exhausted by the day. Thousands of people pressing in upon Jesus and upon them. And Jesus says, okay, get in the boat, you guys. Go across to the other side. But even as Jesus tells them to do that, there is a storm brewing on the horizon. But they're just doing what Jesus told them to do. Have you ever noticed that? They're just doing what Jesus told them to do and they begin to head out and as they do, they begin to encounter a storm. Hey, listen, I think one of the first things we've got to recognise from this story is that storms are inevitable, aren't they? They're part of the stuff of life. Just last month, we no doubt would have uh, heard the reports or perhaps seen the footage on the television of the, the tropical cyclone Grace as it was called, that hammered Haiti. And it was devastation caused by that tropical cyclone. But just two days before that, Haiti had been struck by a massive earthquake, 7.2 on the Richter scale. And here were the people in Haiti just barely getting over the devastation caused by the earthquake. Then suddenly they're hit by this incredible storm that is just lashing the whole place. And you know, sometimes when we look at stuff like that, we say to ourselves, storms are not fair. And the fact is, in many ways, yes, they are not fair. But it's part of the brokenness of the world in which we live. Storms come. And not just physical storms, but all kinds of storms lash at people's lives. And it's part of the reality of the brokenness of the world in which we live. And yet sometimes when the storms come, our natural inclination is to say, well, God, God is punishing me. Uh, God allows storms to come because um, this is his way of dealing with me when I've gotten out of step, when I've been disobedient. And sometimes we have the impression that when God allows the storms of life to press in upon us, that it's because we've gotten out of step and God is going to teach us the hard lesson. But did you notice again what happened with these disciples? It was as they were being obedient to Jesus that they sailed right into the eye of the storm. Do you know sometimes, folks, when we are going to be obedient to Jesus, we are going to encounter storms. Storms that we would never have gone chasing. Storms that we would never have wanted but we're going to find ourselves suddenly stuck right in the middle of it. In our second year of ministry down at Cleveland, Wendy became extremely unwell. In fact, the first couple of years in our ministry uh, were tough times. We had challenge after challenge. I, I quit a really good job at Brisbane Boys College and, uh, and gave away two-thirds of my wage to become a pastor. You know, that's what you do. And, and, and went down to Cleveland and moved house and all of the rest of that and... It just seemed as if one thing went wrong after another, after another. And all of a sudden, Wendy became so dreadfully ill. We went to doctor after doctor and no one could actually put their finger on what was the matter. Till finally one day, we'd gone to a different doctor by recommendation. He did some scans and he said to Wendy, he said, girl, you've got a massive tumour and you're going to have to go straight into hospital right now to have this operated on. Don't bother going home, you're going straight to the hospital. 
And so I drove her straight up to the hospital and my heart's pounding at 100 miles an hour and she gets up there, they take her into the theatre. And the doctor said to me, look, if I'm out within about an hour, hour and a half, you'll know everything's fine. And so Wendy's in theatre and I'm pacing up and down the corridor and I'm saying, oh God, please, please, Lord, please, please don't let anything go wrong with her. Watch over her. You know, we've got three small kids, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking, Lord, I can't do this without Wendy, you know? And so I'm pacing up and down. An hour and a half comes and no sign of the doctor. Two hours comes, no sign of the doctor. Two and a half hours come, no sign of the doctor. Three hours come, and I'm, and I'm just about beside myself with anxiety and fear about all that's going on. And finally, the doctor comes out and he says, we got it all. And I breathed a massive sigh of relief. But then they had further complications. Because suddenly Wendy's blood pressure just went through the floor and they almost lost her. And I tell you, at that point, I almost lost it myself. I'm overwhelmed with a sense of fear and anxiety. But God, we are just doing what you told us to do. And you know, sometimes when we're right in the thick of the storm, we we do begin to question God, don't we? God, why, why are you allowing all of this stuff? And we don't always immediately see the answers to our question. But I love the way that when Mark records this story, he includes just a little snippet that Matthew has omitted. And what Mark tells us in Mark chapter 6 and verse 48 was that Jesus saw the disciples straining at the oars. He actually saw it. He saw them and he he understood exactly what they were going through. I mean, these guys now had been in the thick of it for hours. The storm had been raging around about them and no doubt they were just about beside themselves. And then suddenly in the midst of it all, we find in Matthew's account, it says, during the fourth watch of the night, and that's around about three or four o'clock in the morning, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, as they cried out in fear. I mean, it'd be like trying to cross the Noosa bar and you've got 50 foot waves coming at you, you know, and the boat's about to be rolled and then you look over the side and there's jaws coming as well. I mean, it's all happening at once. Everything is coming and these guys are absolutely beside themselves with fear. And suddenly they hear a voice that pierces the darkness and despair of the moment. They hear Jesus say, take courage. It is I, do not be afraid. And in fact, quite literally what Jesus says there, when he says, it is I, he says, I am. Hey, do you remember how the apostle John picks up on the great I am statements of Jesus? Drawing attention to his his deity, that he is in fact the creator of the whole universe here in human flesh, right there beside them. The great I am is here and in the midst of that storm, suddenly they hear the reassuring words of Jesus. I'm here. I'm here for you in the midst of all that you are going through. You see, the reality is for those disciples, overwhelmed as they were with anxiety, they did not necessarily see or hear him in the first place. But the great I am was right there for them. He saw them, even if they couldn't see him. 
He was there. And suddenly in the midst of all of their anxiety and stress and fear, they hear the voice of God, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. And folks, there are so many times, aren't there, when we long to hear that reassuring voice of God, Peter, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. You are not on your own. Remember those beautiful reassuring words that we read in Hebrews chapter 13, where God says, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. No, no matter what you're going through, whether you can see me or whether you even believe that you can hear my voice, I am here for you. I am always with you. You see, the next thing we need to realise, I think, from this story is that storms can be a challenge for us, hey? Storms can be used by God to challenge us. And so often it is only in the midst of the storm that we learn to really trust God rather than trust ourselves. Isn't that true? You know, the mantra of the age is, you've got this. Don't we hear people say that all the time? You know, you've got this, you've got this, you've got this. And there are times in the midst of the storm where we've got to put our hands up and confess, I have not got this. This is more than I can cope with. This is more than I can bear. And it's at that very point we need to recognise that even when we have not got it, God's got it. God's got it. And we need to learn the lesson of faith. To trust him then even when we feel as if everything is just coming apart. But then something quite remarkable happens. Dear old impetuous Peter, I love this guy. He says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. I love this guy. He's unbelievable, isn't he? He says, you tell me me to come. And so Jesus says, come. Now, I don't know about you, but I read some of these passages and my brain works over time. And and I I try to think, what what, what must it have been like for Peter? You know, he, he swings one leg over the edge of the boat onto the water. And maybe he would sort of go on a bit like that, you know. Is this gonna, gonna hold? And then he swings out the other leg. And he's still got one hand hanging onto the boat. And then he, he, he's gonna take a step. Maybe he was tempted to look around at the other disciples and say, hey guys, look at this, walking on water. No, he doesn't. He's actually got his eyes fixed on Jesus. And as he has his eyes fixed on Jesus, Peter is able to do the absolute impossible in the midst of that circumstance. He can even walk on water when his eyes are fixed on Jesus. But you know, oh, Peter's like so many of us, isn't he? For just a moment, Peter sees the extraordinary power of God at work even in the midst of his storm. But then suddenly he takes his eyes off Jesus. And as quickly as he takes his eyes off Jesus, he begins to sink. Hey, this picture that you'll see up on the screen, this picture means an awful lot to me. My kids um, gave me this when I was appointed as principal of the college almost four years ago. It's on the wall in my office. And I tell you what, there's hardly a single day goes by that I don't look at this particular painting and am reminded again and again how desperately I need Jesus. 
Because I've got to tell you, there are so many times in the work that I do that I have to get to the point of realising I have not got this. There are too many challenges coming my way. I can't do all of this. And I need to be reminded again and again that only Jesus has truly got this. And so what do we find there? Peter, yes, has taken his eyes off Jesus. And the moment he does, guess what happens? He begins to sink right in the midst of his circumstances, hey? He gets his eyes off Jesus and we're told there that Peter begins to look at the wind and he becomes afraid and he begins to sink. And how many times in the midst of the storms that we are confronted with, the stuff that comes our way in life, are we so easily tempted to get our eyes off Jesus and to begin to look at all of the stuff that's going on around about us and suddenly we find that we're just going down in the midst of it all. It's more than we can possibly cope with. You ever found yourself in that spot? You feel like you're going down for about the third or fourth time and and you just don't know how much more you can do. I don't know whether Peter suddenly decided he's going to do dog paddle or Peter paddle or whatever it was and, and try to keep himself afloat, but no matter what he did, it was never going to be enough. And maybe you've been in that position where you've been doing everything that you can to get out of this situation, to sort it out, and you're realising that it's just not working and you're going down. And so what does Peter do? He does the only sensible thing that any one of us can do. He cries out to Jesus. He says, oh Lord, save me. And suddenly Peter takes his eyes off the storm now. He's got his eyes firmly fixed back upon Jesus. And as quickly as he cries out, Jesus is there. You see, storms, storms in our lives are those moments when God wants to grow us where we begin to learn more and more of what it means to truly trust God. Storms can actually be for our good, for our growth. And as soon as Peter begins to see how Jesus is there, even in the midst of his storm, as he sees where Jesus fits into the picture, Peter discovers something that Paul describes as the peace of God that passes all understanding. Even in the midst of the storm, you can discover peace. Listen to what it says there, that Jesus grabs him by the hand. And when they'd climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. Folks, do you hear what we're saying here this morning? Even within the midst of the storms that you and I are going through, it is as we learn to fix our eyes on Jesus, to trust him, to surrender, to to worship him, that we can discover peace even in the midst of the most outrageous circumstances. And sometimes, sometimes it is peace inside even when all the rubbish is still going on around about us. But we can know the peace of God that passes all understanding. How? When we get our eyes firmly fixed upon Jesus. I don't know where you're at today, but I suspect in a room this size, if I was to ask you to put up your hand if you're facing 
stuff at the moment. You know, waves of stuff, anxiety which is washing over you. I suspect probably just about every one of us would put our hands up for one reason or another. There's stuff happening. And for some of us, we're just getting so weary of it. We sort of feel like we're caught in, 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 in the, the midst of the ocean and every time we bring our head up, there's another wave to come crashing over the top of us. And we just, we're despairing as to know what to do next. And the word of God for us today is lift your eyes above your circumstance. Get your eyes fixed upon Jesus. He is there for you. The great I am says, I am there for you. I'm all that you need in the midst of this. And if you will just fix your eyes upon me and trust me, you can know peace even in the midst of your storm. And folks, some of you today, you're desperate for that. You're desperate for it, but you've been trying for so long to sort it all out yourself. You've thrown the cursory prayer off to God, asking God to fix it. But in reality, you haven't fixed your eyes on Jesus. And folks, that's a challenge for us, isn't it, today? To fix our eyes. The writer of Hebrews says it so beautifully, doesn't he? He says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And I want to encourage you this morning. Whatever it is that you're going through at the moment, get your eyes off your circumstance, get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes firmly fixed again on Jesus. Do you know, Jesus made this wonderful promise to Peter and the other disciples a good while later. At the end of Matthew's gospel, Matthew 28, when Jesus gives the great commission to his disciples to go and make disciples of all the nations, and he says, and as you go, as you begin to embrace my mission for this world, as you go, listen, I want you to know I will be with you what? Always, even to the very end of the age. You are not facing this on your own. I will be with you always. Maybe as we close today, and I'm going to pray in a moment, there are some of you here, maybe a good number of you, for whom life has become almost overwhelmingly despairing. Just wave after wave after wave of stuff that's just absolutely bashing you down, and you, you feel like you're, you're going under. Well, God's word to you today is, I'm here. I'm here for you. Oh, lift your eyes above your circumstance and look to me and know my salvation and know my peace in the midst of it all. And that can be your lived experience today if you'll just do that. Will you join me as we pray? Heavenly Lord, you know us so well. Oh, you know the stuff that's going on in our lives. You know the storms that are raging around about us. You know the overwhelming anxieties and fears that so many of us have for all sorts of reasons. And for some of us, Lord, that anxiety and fear is born out of our own sin. We know that we've been out of step with you. And there's just endless waves of, of recrimination and guilt and all kinds of things that are just hammering us at the moment. But Lord, we want right now, right where we are, to lift our eyes above the stuff that's going on and we want, we want to look again to Jesus. We want to cry out from our hearts, Lord, save me. We want to know the peace that you alone can bring.
as we trust in you, not trust in ourselves, not trust in our circumstance, but as we trust in you, that we might know you, our blessed peacemaker, the restorer of our soul, our only hope and salvation. Oh, dear God, we want to trust you today. We bring all that we are, all that we have, every fear that we are pressed with at the moment, and we lay that to one side as we fix our eyes on Jesus and pray that in him we will find that Jesus is all we need, our living hope. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. so much for his word this morning I reckon that's a good word for us church it's a good word you know I heard as as Peter was preaching you know if you're in the middle of the storm perhaps you've thrown the cursory prayer towards God but you've not fixed your eyes on him that's a good word there's a difference between throwing a cursory prayer isn't there and fixing our eyes on Him. There's something about, and it's not, it's the eyes of our heart, it's the eyes of our hope, it's the eyes of our faith. We, we put our hope in what we know God can do. Having done all that we can do, we stand and we fix our eyes on Him. It's a great word. I wonder this morning, I reckon there's some people that it would be good for you to respond. It'd be good for you to say, that is me. I am in that storm and I want that touch from God. I know there's a word from God in the midst of my storm that could change everything. Can we just stand this morning? We're going we're gonna to sing together. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come, pastoral team, if you'd come straight away just now, make a, just make a line here at the front for us. And if this morning having someone stand alongside you would make the difference. You, you, you know that Jesus is with you in one sense, but if somebody could stand with you this morning and pray, Pray into the situation. Pray that the Word of God would touch you. Perhaps even get a Word from God for you that would encourage your heart. It would make the difference for where you're standing right now. If that's you, I'd love you to come. Let these people pray for you. Let the Word of God come into your heart. Let the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be around you this morning. Don't leave here without getting from God the Word of the Lord in your heart and carry that into your week and the weeks that are ahead. But let's just... Come, come, as, even as I'm speaking, come. We're going to sing this song together as people come.
reckon there's more that we'll want to come to be prayed for this morning. We're going to leave the altar open just a little bit longer. If you're online with us right now, can I encourage you, if that's a message for you and you'd love someone to pray for you, make sure you jump into the chat and wave your hand and say, look, I'd love some prayer. I know there's some people waiting online right now to be able to pray with you right now. But for the rest of us this morning, let's just pray together, just right across our entire church family. Father, we know that You are in the boat with us. That God, when You get in the boat and speak to our hearts, You speak the Word of peace into our situation. God, would You teach us to lean on You? Would You teach us to rest on You? Would You teach us to fix our eyes on You so fervently that we are constantly reminded that we're not alone and we can draw strength from that, God. God, You are the ever-present God. You are the God that will not let our feet stumble. You are too faithful. You love us too much. God, You see every aspect of our lives. You see where we are straining against the oars, but You come to our rescue because You love us so much. Father, thank You for that. Thank You that we are Your people. And You are our Father in Heaven. Lord, we thank You that we can always rest in You. In Jesus' Name, Amen. If you uh, would love to receive prayer, there may not have been someone available at the time, perhaps. Why don't you keep coming? These guys will stay here for a bit longer. And we'd love to pray for you. For the rest of us, have a fantastic week. Uh, Outside, you'll see Flavours of Beyond. Please grab something on the way out. Support our Gateway Beyond workers. Bless you as you have a fantastic week. See you in church next Sunday. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.